Welcome to the Community Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Chaplain Caleb McCary, joined by Chaplain Delana Small. And today we're going to be talking with Chaplain Brigadier General William Bill Green Jr., the Deputy Chief of Chaplains, about the transformation of the United States Army Chaplain Center and School into the United States Army Institute for Religious Leadership. And we're also going to spend some time getting his thoughts on what goes into building healthy communities in the Army. I have the pleasure of introducing Chaplain Green to our listeners today, and in doing so, highlighting a few details on Chaplain Green's journey as a United States Army chaplain. He is an ordained minister and endorsed Army chaplain by the National Baptist Convention, USA. He has served in multiple key assignments and on multiple deployments, supporting a wide array of Army units and soldiers. In 2019, Chaplain Green became the United States Army's 26th Deputy Chief of Chaplains. In this position, He supports the Chief of Chaplains in leading the Army Chaplain Corps to advise leaders and provide religious support to soldiers, families, and Army civilians. Most recently, Chaplain Green also assumed responsibility as United States Army Institute for Religious Leader Director. Chaplain Green, thank you for joining us for the inaugural Community Conversations podcast. So we want to start today hearing about a topic that you have been neck deep in for the last uh, year or so, transformation. So, sir, how would you explain transformation of the USIRL to a battalion unit ministry team, a UMT? Yes. Well, hey, first of all, let me say thank you all, uh, Caleb and Elena, uh, for inviting me to, to speak on this podcast really appreciate that and and also for the opportunity to say something about a subject that's near and dear to my heart and that's transformation. Um, we've started transformation back in like 2016, believe it or not, long before I came here in 2016, I was at uh, I was at, at JBLM and then I transitioned to the United States Army Pacific. And uh, even before uh, that, uh, this team, you know, really, was neck deep in transformation. There's been a couple people who directed that effort. And when I came along, we just, you know, the chief uh, saw fit to say, Hey, look, Chaplain Green, I need you to, you know, get involved in this process and try to move things forward. And so it's been about moving the ball forward and also uh, helping our core to become a better core. And so when I think about transformation and especially maybe speaking to a, a unit ministry team, uh, one of the things I would say, especially at the battalion level, is that really we're in this journey to build strategic leaders, right? First and foremost, that that's we want the chaplain corps to be a better chaplain corps. Uh, there's a saying that says, if you always do what you've always done, then you'll always be what you've always been. And there's nothing wrong about where we came from and what we've done in the past, but when we take a moment to assess what the demands will be on a unit ministry team in the future, um, a person could find him or herself in a strategic situation uh, right after they graduate from Chibolic. And so part of this, when I talk with battalion unit ministry teams, and as I'm doing now, I would say, really, we want to help educate them. We want to help them to be integrated into their units and, and also into the chaplain corps. And we also want to make sure that from a strategic perspective, that even at that level, that they're beginning to think about what it means to be a strategic leader. 
that's a process that we can't just kind of roll the dice at, right? And some of us who've been around a while know, even at the battalion level, uh, you know, there are some things that you have to think about and that you have to do in order uh, to help the command, advise the command, and also take care of the soldiers and the families that you're there to take care of. So that's what this this transformation really, if, if I had to just kind of break it down uh, into layman's term for a um, unit ministry team a battalion at the battalion level, that would be my starting point. So, sir... You know, as as people are are looking at at transformation, um, they may be asking the question, "Why? What what was wrong with the old way? What changed to necessitate this transformation in the chaplain corps?" Yeah, really. I mean, and that's a great question, Caleb. Um, I, I can tell you what what necessitated the change was that when you look at leaders at echelon, we all start from somewhere. Right. For us, it's at the battalion level. And then we grow, you know, really to, you know, other levels of the chaplain corps at Echelon. And what we found was that as leaders grew, there were certain things missing, certain things that would have helped them to be a better leader if we had those things available to them. Case in point would be, as I talked to uh, the Chibolic class, or actually it was a C4 class yesterday, you know, many of us came to the chaplain corps, and, and and we started out. I'm an old schooler, so I was in Chobic, not Chibolic. Uh, but many of us came along, and when we came along, we did that see uh, that that Chibolic uh, or Chobic uh, course. And the next time we came back, in some cases, it might have been five, six, seven years for some people, right? So in between that time. There wasn't a whole lot, you know, done really to continue the education other than maybe going through a course at or, or, or some training at the base or installation. So when uh, when we decided that we wanted to, to really uh, look at transformation and figure out how to make a better unit ministry team member, not just chaplains, and I have to be careful here because I want to make sure that I include the other really important members of our team, that is our religious affairs specialists and NCOs and our civilians, be they DRE or civilians working in other staff areas, we felt like we needed to do uh, our just part in this process to ensure that these folks were being developed and educated and trained in such a way that when they reached certain levels in their career, they won't ask the question, you know, hey, what am I doing here and, and how did I get here? They would have an idea through the education and training process of what to do next. Mm. So it sounds like uh, an intentional investment into our greatest asset, right. our people. Absolutely. Well, sir, I want to transition us here to uh, talking about healthy communities. Uh, our, our team has done some work with you and some other senior leaders in the Corps uh, over the last uh, few months to develop a definition of healthy community. And so we're going to spend the rest of our time today sharing the three parts of that definition and hearing your thoughts on some of the elements that go into a healthy community. So the first part of that definition says, a healthy community is built on a solid foundation of trust, shared values, and mutual respect. 
Healthy communities build cohesive teams and integrate families, creating belonging, connection, and open communication. And we summarize that as saying strong relationships. Uh, So, sir, what can we do to build trust in our core and in our army? Now that's a that's a really great question, and I, I tell you, you all know the the you know the the goal, the vision of the chief of chaplains, and, and his goal and vision is is that we are a healthy community, connecting people, um, you know, at echelon wherever we are, uh, in order to help them realize the importance of community and also the benefit of it, so that they could also uh, help others. And so when I think about this, though, really. It, it all starts from just, uh, I would call it uh, a, the word vulnerability, right? And, and, and realizing that we don't have within us all the things that we need in order to be who we need to be. And so I think masterfully, God puts us all in these places called communities. And as we function in those communities, it's important for us to realize that there are people there uh, that either need a help or that can help us, right? So that's a part of the trust part of this process. And then also there are people there that really could benefit from the things that we have to offer as a United States Army Chaplain Corps. I like the fact that we, when we talk about community, we talk about it being built, right? So it's not something that just happens, we all have to kind of get out of our comfort zones, if you will, and reach forward and, uh, and, and lend a hand, uh, support, love, respect others. And that's how we, I think that's how we begin to really build a, a healthy community in the Chaplain Corps, but not just the Chaplain Corps, uh, but in the United States Army. Sir, it made me think of something as you said that. Um, that our, uh, the director of the Community Revitalization Division, uh, his definition of community, which is kind of our summary statement for the whole thing, is mutually enriching human connection. And that just fits exactly with what you were saying. Yeah. Chaplain Small? Yes, sir. So as we talk about strong relationships as a foundation of healthy community, um, we might... Think about the dynamics of the Army and the Chaplain Corps writ large, a, a diverse, pluralistic environment. How might, we, uh, how might we find these things, shared values and mutual respect in the Army and the Chaplain Corps? Where do we look for these things? Yeah. Well, that's, uh, Delana, that's a great question, too. And so I would say that in a lot of cases, they're internal to us. Some of them are internal to us as individuals. But they're also internal in the people who are out there in the community that we might function with or, or get to meet. It's also important to realize when we talk about community, it's not just limit ourselves to the things that we might be accustomed to. When I think of community, I can think of a chapel, uh, be it whatever denominational or religious uh, expression that that chapel program uh, has. I can also think about the fact that I can develop community in my PT formation with my soldiers, uh, you know, while I'm out on a, on a, on a run. And also I could develop community in my, in my housing area and places like that. 
really, when you think about community and really in all aspects, it can be as it could be as large and as as wide open as one might make it. It could be a group of people who like to play checkers and they say, you know what, we're going to start a checkers club. And that's the beautiful thing about it, right? That they, that's something that they share. And as a result of them sharing that, their love for checkers, they might just simply say, hey, we want to start a checkers club. So um, it, it, it takes some time, not necessarily a lot of imagination, but the desire and the hunger to want to be with others. And that's how I think we build community and sustain it. And along with that, you know, we've mentioned you know, respect, mutual respect, you know, shared values, things along those lines, I think it's important to uphold that, that at the center of that chapel community or at that checker community, there is some, there are shared values and respect for each other. And what a great place that we get to exercise that in, uh, in the United States Army, where we have people from all walks of life, but yet have things in common and the only way you're going to know that you have something in common, you've got to communicate with each other. Somehow it's got to come out, right? Somehow I have to know that, you know, Chaplain McCrary has a love for uh, checkers or for playing in a praise band or something along those lines. But it has to happen through some connection or linkage, if you will. Right. So you have, there's a, an intentionality that goes into it. Uh, on on both sides. And one of the great things about wearing this uniform is we already have something in common, even though, you know, I, I'm a captain and you're a general officer. We have both made a decision at some point in our past that we were going to sign on the dotted line and put this on. So even there, we have something in common. And sir, you've already alluded to this as we look to the second uh, portion of our healthy community definition. But there's this relationship between inclusivity and diversity that's really special in a healthy community. So allow me to read that second paragraph in, in our definition. Healthy communities create an inclusive environment where members feel safe and valued. Healthy communities embrace the diversity of its people as a core strength. This diversity includes the free exercise of religion for all. We might understand this as healthy culture. So healthy culture can feel like an intangible thing. You know it when you have it and you know when it's lacking, but how you describe it, how you pin it down, that may be the difficult part of this. So, sir, can you speak to how UMTs may contribute to building a healthy community in a tangible way in their units and their local installations and their local communities? Yeah, no, uh, I think that's extremely important what you just said. And, and that definition, I think it's a beautiful definition um, really, uh, unit ministry teams, uh, you know, can do a lot to help build uh, a healthy community and, and make it more, uh, realized among, you know, folks that they, that they meet from time to time in their units. But sometimes it's as simple as including people, right? And, uh, it, this made me think about an experience I had as a young Battalion chaplain, first duty assignment. I'm a National Baptist. We said that, you know, in my in the introduction. But there were some Southern Baptist chaplains at uh, Fort Sill who went out of their way to make sure that I felt 
like I was a part of the community, right? You can look back in uh, probably a 1994 version of their uh, newsletter and guess who's standing there in uh, a picture with them to their Southern Baptist denominational or in their Southern Baptist denominational magazine, me. And I'm not Southern Baptist. But yet those gentlemen went through the effort uh, of including me, making me feel welcome. And I think that's what unit ministry teams have to do as well. We, we do a number of events in our units and uh, on the base that we're in, and maybe even in the community. The important thing is reaching outside of one's self or one's self-interest, if you will, and allowing other people to feel like they're included. And that's an important thing. Um, I think, even as I think about that story, uh, there's a certain warmth, and I haven't forgotten it. I'll never forget that story because those folks told me, Bill, you are a part of us, even though you're not a, you're not a Southern Baptist, right? And so uh, that story goes with me uh, in a lot of places. And I would like, you know, unit ministry teams to think of that, you know, maybe as a, as, a, as a marker or a way of thinking about inclusion, Right. There are people who don't look like us, don't think like us, uh, who don't believe the way we believe, walk the way we walk, talk the way we talk, all of those things. And yet they deserve to be included. They're mm-hmm. God's creation and they're beautiful. And, you know, when God created, God said, hey, it's good. Right. You know, it's so easy to to focus on the on the differences, on the things that divide us. Uh, we sometimes lose lose track of what we have in common. And what you just said, that person sitting across the table from you, regardless of who they are and regardless of their background, they're a human being and they're worthy of dignity and respect. So Chaplain Green, the next part of our healthy community definition, the final part says, a healthy community self-regulates and holds members accountable. Healthy communities foster individual responsibility for the spiritual, physical, mental, social, and emotional well-being of its members. Communities thrive when individuals develop a strong spiritual core and purpose, and we summarize that as ready individuals. So the recently published uh, FM 7-22 throws open the door for UMTs to engage soldiers as part of a multidisciplinary team focused on holistic health and fitness. How can we leverage our capabilities and our position as advisors to the command to help build soldiers who are spiritually, mentally, and physically fit? So we've been kind of really hitting on this all along when you really think about it. Um, so it's, it's really about uh, realizing the value and the worth of those other individuals in the, on the team and what we can do to help increase that. And by, I, what I mean by increasing that is being able to offer uh, programs and other things to help build them up. So when it comes to advising the command, there, I mean, there are a number of ways that a chaplain can get a great idea of, you know, what's going on in the command. Some of that will be as a result of his or her counseling. But the other way also uh, could be as a result of just the times that we're living in and the challenges that we see. And in the Army right now, we've been talking about harmful behaviors, and we see things that are really er- eroding uh, the trust and the, and the cohesion of our units. 
the chaplain, I think, has, a, has an especially, um, really, a, just a great opportunity, actually, to, to get in there and advise the commander on things that he or she can do to help um, reduce those harmful behaviors. And I think it just it starts with imagination, and it also starts with realizing that we've been, we've been called, if you will, uh, to, to really be there for, for God's people and to love them. And it, 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 it means kind of getting out of our own comfort zone, if you will, our one's own comfort zone, and realizing that there's a tremendous opportunity there to really reach out and touch the lives of those soldiers. And I think it's vast, right? It doesn't just have to be the things that we normally do as chaplains. Now, I know some might say, well, wait a minute, I came in the Army uh, to do specifically this, and I get that. But, I mean, old school chaplain course stuff that I did in the past and others of you, know, and others of you that are probably listening is, you I mean, you do a duty day with God or you do a hike or you do something to get that soldier or even maybe that family member out of their you know, comfort zone so that you can help them to understand the tremendous value of being spiritually fit, spiritually ready. Uh, I think that that's extremely important. Now, sir, we appreciate everything you've shared with us today. But before we let you go, we wanted to sneak in a few personal questions. All right. And so first on our minds, um, if you can speak to this, you know, what do you do to increase your own spiritual fitness, prioritize your family, and really maintain your overall resiliency and readiness? What does that look like for a one-star general doing this every day? Yeah. No, that to me is extremely important. Um, so a part of my life is spent really reflecting, um, which I think is an important part of what I do. So later on tonight... I'll sit back and I'll think about the time I shared with you all. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll think about really, um, you know, how that went. Um, was I in the moment, if you will? And also um, really the benefits of it, right? Not just for me, but most importantly for our United States Army Chaplain Corps. So I spend time in reflection. I also spend time thinking about, um, you know, just working on my emotional uh, intelligence. And I do that primarily through scripture reading and devotions. Um, right now I'm, I'm reading a book by a lady named uh, Evelyn Underhill. And the reason I came upon her book was through a devotion I was doing. And they had a, uh, just a little excerpt in there of something that she said. And one of the things that she focused on was the call, the call. What, I mean, just, just something that's so important uh, as an Army chaplain to have is the call. And um, from that, it, it has allowed me to realize that I have to continue to focus on the things that, give me, that gives me the, the energy and, and the wherewithal to do what I feel like I've been called to do. Um, the other thing I think that's extremely important is also recognizing one's limitations, right? And sometimes being able to say no, um, because if I, if I don't do that, I can tell you now that I, I wouldn't have much time for my family, uh, for friends, for loved ones, uh, to support them. So, um, a considerable amount of things are done, uh, 
what's one which is extremely important is is, is really having that devotional time. Uh, as I mentioned, reflecting, uh, sometimes being vulnerable, saying, "Hey, look, I don't know this, and I don't know that, or whatever." But um, I think that as I uh, as I go about my day, uh, uh, what gives me the energy is my love for the core, and then also the fact that I take some time to have my own quiet time. And that's sometimes not heard of in, in this day that, you know, people tend to want activity, 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 as opposed to uh, a moment to just sit with one's self and be quiet and enjoy the moment. Yes, sir. And I appreciate you sharing that. It's, uh, it's very countercultural today to have that that quiet time. It's so easy to be distracted. We're always connected. We're always on. Um, and so just like with building community, you have to be intentional there as well. So, sir, here in the community revitalization division, um, Chaplain Small and I know we're, we're kind of big readers. And so we would be remiss if we didn't ask you if you have any books that you've read that you would recommend to unit ministry teams. Yeah. Um, I can tell you, uh, probably one of the great books that I read um, is the one by um, Eric Metaxas, right about Bonhoeffer. Uh, I love that book. It's 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 probably one of my one of my favorites. Um, another one that I uh, that I that I read that I've enjoyed uh, considerably, um, right? And sometimes I listen to books too. Right, uh, but there's a a book called the uh, the art of doing less, right? So that means we've got all this technology around us and all these other things uh, that can help us do our jobs better and actually give us time back, right? That's that's the thing is is getting time back. So you mentioned about being on all the time and maybe you know being controlled by devices, but that particular book uh, is is a great book as well. I don't quite remember the author right now, but it's the, the art of doing less. Um, and then I pretty much read multiple books by Brene Brown, uh, who I love listening to. She's a, just a great leader. Um, she does a podcast. Uh, probably um, I was thinking about uh, The Gift of Being Yourself uh, is another one. Um, that's a really great book. And so, uh, sorry, I don't have all the authors to, to, to these books right now, but um, I believe it's Benner um, on, on the gift of being yourself. And that book has circulated around the Chaplain Corps. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great read. Well, sir, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it, it's been a real pleasure having you here for our inaugural Community Conversations podcast. Well, thank you very much uh, to Chaplain Peck. Uh, Chaplain Small, Chaplain McCrary, thank you all very much for what you're doing for our our Chaplain Corps and for the communities. And it all really starts with you all and the great work that you're doing. And I can tell you that the Chief of Chaplains, myself, Regimental Sergeant Major, all the leaders are absolutely pleased with what you're doing, and it's making a difference um, because we're we're hopefully coming out of this pandemic where people have been isolated, disconnected and challenged in ways 
that are at least been unprecedented for a hundred years. Cause if we can think back to the Spanish flu when there was a challenge with this, but right now uh, what you're bringing to the table is extremely important. And that is the fact that we want to build healthy communities. And as I said earlier, that can be as broad as we want it to be. It could be your checkers club. And of course, absolutely. It could be your place of worship or the group that you meet with that you have shared values with. So uh, thank you very much. This has been a, a great way to start the day and uh, God's grace and blessings to you all. Well, folks, our guest today has been Chaplain Bill Green, the Deputy Chief of Chaplains. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and I hope you'll subscribe in your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review while you're at it. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join Chaplain Small and I again next time for more community conversations.